Welcome to a new episode of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This week, we're featuring a deep red Q&A with director Dario Argento from Beware of Dario Argento, our 20 film retrospective now taking place through June 29th, moderated by FLC programmer Maddie Whittle. Blow Up's David Hemmings takes the lead in Argento's most sophisticated giallo, playing a jazz pianist who struggles to remember a vital piece of evidence after witnessing the murder of Macha Merrill's German psychic. Joined by Argento's real-life partner, Daria Nicolodi, in the role of a plucky journalist, Hemmings embarks on a dizzying tour of Rome, with shooting locations in Turin standing in for the capital city, which, through Argento's roving, superhuman lens, appears just as haunted and hyper-compartmentalized as the movie's tortured human protagonists. Ranked among the director's masterworks, Deep Red is supplemented by Argento's first score with Italian prog rock band Goblin and astonishing production design by Giuseppe Bassan. Watch the new 4K restoration by Cinecita, along with 16 other world premieres of additional restorations, during the Beware of Dario Argento retrospective, playing exclusively in our theaters through June 29th. Explore the lineup and get tickets at filmlink.org slash Argento. Welcome, Mr. Argento, and, uh, and to our interpreter, Michael Moore. Thank you both so much, so much. It's such an incredible thrill and honor uh, to be speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I have so many, I, I have a lot to ask you, and I want to uh, also leave time for, for a few audience questions, but I, I'll just dive right in. Um, could you start by talking about how Deep Red functioned as a turning point in your career? I think you were five years into your uh, work as a director. You had uh, completed your animal trilogy of Gialli, and... Uh, following a sort of detour with The Five Days, which was more of a historical comedy, uh, you returned to the giallo form uh, with something that is also anticipating your subsequent films, Suspiria and Inferno, and um, with, with a bit of uh, supernatural inflection. Um, and so could you just speak about how you approached this sort of pivotal moment and what led you there? Ma perché ho pensato di che era il momento di cambiare. E allora Well, I thought that the time had come for a change. Uh, so yes, I, I wanted to make a giallo but in a very different way and with a very different kind of inspiration. Uh, let me just it started with a vision that I had, an image that came to me of a man walking along the street at night and then passing by a house. Inside that house, there was a seance going on and a medium who was suddenly struck by something and said, I feel like a crime is going to be committed. And then I feel like a murder is going to happen. I can feel a murderer. And then you see the man outside disappearing into the, difference, into the distance. So this was the uh, starting point. This was a very small idea from which the rest developed. I think with this film, uh, you launched on a number of creative partnerships and collaborative uh, um, processes with, with artists who you continued to work with in different capacities in later films. And I'm especially interested in asking about uh, the origins of your collaboration with Goblin and uh, the, the 
uh, inspiration for this collaboration, how, how you came to work with them and how uh, their music and your ideas about their music led to it being used in the way that you used it. Dunque, io avevo prima un musicista che doveva fare il film, che però mi ha fatto mentre io giravo. At first I had uh, one uh, composer uh, working on the score, and uh, while I was shooting I listened to what he was um, you know, creating for the film, and I didn't really like it, um, so I decided to change. Uh, I spoke with the music editor saying that I wanted to find something, and then I went looking everywhere, uh, particularly in England. Um, and I, you know, consulted and, you know, uh, asked a lot of the great British musicians around, but they were all busy or they were on tour. So it was very hard uh, finding the right uh, composers. And while I was looking, um, and it was getting late into the game, uh, my editor uh, gave me these demos uh, by these four young guys who had just gotten out of the conservatory. Uh, they were 21, you know, 22, three years old. They were young, but they were very interesting. And on this demo, there were these short pieces And there was one in particular where they were creating wind sounds and the way that it moves around. And I found it was interesting, and I thought they were very intelligent. So I decided to take a chance on them, and the chance really paid off. <laughs> I, I want to dig in a little more and ask um, if you could talk about your work with them and what, what the collaboration uh, was like, how... Um, the, the, the use of music in the film is so vivid and striking. Dunque, quando finivo la, la lavorazione del film, io andavo a casa, tornavo a casa di notte e loro venivano. Um, well, you know, so while I was shooting, I would be, you know, shooting the film by day, you know, I'd start in the morning, then I'd come home at night, and at night they would come over and I would listen to uh, what they had been composing, what they had been coming up with during the day, and I'd listen and I'd say some stuff really wasn't working, some wasn't good, um, some was, you know, uh, some was better. And uh, we worked on it together for a long time. Uh, the music editor at one point uh, found a studio which was connected to a church and inside their church was an organ. And you know they were able to use the organ, and in fact, in the uh, soundtrack, you do hear a lot of organ music. And so they went there, they tried it out, you know, they would just sort of jam uh, here and there um, uh, from morning until night, and then the next day, the same. Um, and slowly but surely, the, the score came together. Uh, I was there uh, throughout the whole process. They really wanted my approval because they were very young and they didn't have much experience. <laughs> Another of your collaborators that I want to, to bring up is your production designer, Giuseppe Bassan, who you worked with Giuseppe repeatedly Bassan. as well. Um, the, the, the visual language of this film is, is so unique and so um, just definitive of, of an entire genre. And uh, so much of that is the locations, the, the Turin set locations of the film and also the very specific interiors of, of um, the house and that sort of uh, the exterior of the, the courtyard with the large sculpture uh, outside of the cafe. Um, so could you just speak about working with him and, and selecting these very iconic sets? Giuseppe Bassan non aveva mai fatto cinema, aveva fatto sempre opera lirica. 
Yeah, Giuseppe Bassan, um, up until that point, had never worked in the movies. He had always worked uh, in opera, and like at the Scala, and I'd seen uh, some of the sets that he's, he'd designed. Um, and I decided to take him on uh, to make this film, and then later on we worked on Suspiria, on Tenebre, uh, and we worked uh, until he unfortunately left us. Um, so uh, in terms of finding the locations, uh, you know, the, the villa, for example, in Turin, we were driving around, driving around, and at one point we passed this really weird-looking villa, and we kept on going for another mile and a half. And then he just hit the brakes and he said, do you remember that villa that we just passed? And I, I, he, I said, yeah. He said, that was just absolutely fantastic. So immediately we turned around and we went back. And it turned out that that villa was occupied, you know, it was the, uh, it was a house that was run by a group of nuns for girls that were in trouble. Um, <laughs> and, and so in order to be able to use that house, we promised them, we gave them a month of vacation by the seaside for all the girls and for all the nuns. And during that month, we were able to uh, shoot there. And then uh, in that same period, I'd seen a show of uh, Hopper's paintings and, you know, that famous painting of the Night Cafe. And I told uh, Bassan that I wanted him to reconstruct that exact same cafe, you know, inside the city, and he did. It was a really beautiful collaboration, and I think that it reached its peak, and he reached his peak in Suspiria. One, something that sets this film apart to me, um, and in a way also um, ties it to your newest film, Dark Glasses, is the the role of of children and childhood specifically as um, sort of this element that's in tension with the the darkness of the giallo themes and and tone. And I think in this in this film, you know, there is um, there are child actors. But there's also an interest in the mind of a child and how a child's psychology turns into an adult's psychology. And um, you have this very childlike song that is a recurring motif. Um, and I wonder if you could just speak about working with children, but also working the topic of childhood into a giallo. Sì, è molto complicata questa. That's a very complicated question. <laughs> sì. Sì. Ho lavorato molto io con bambini, eh, anche con adolescenti, ad esempio fenomeni. Yeah. I've worked with, uh, a lot with children and also with uh, teenagers. Uh, for example, uh, in the film Phenomena, I worked with Jennifer Connelly. She was 13 years old and it was her first big film. Uh, other times I worked with my daughter, Asia, when she was much younger, and with other uh, children actors. And I've always worked really well uh, with, uh, children, you know, with uh, children uh, because although they might not seem to understand uh, what's going on, they are actually exceptional actors. They're spontaneous, uh, much more than adults are. Uh, the whole uh, theme of childhood is very important in my f films because I think that's where everything starts. Um, you know, if you are... Uh, the, both the good and the bad, you know, it all starts there. So if you're raised by a bad family, then you might turn out to be, uh, you know, a rotten adult. Um, that's um, basically uh, where it all starts. 
I, I think we have time for just a couple of questions from the audience. Yes. Um, so I, if you'd raise your hand, we have a, a mic that'll be going around, uh, and I will call on you. I see this hand with the gentleman in the hat right here. Uh, Maestro Argento, the question I want, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Maestro Argento, the question I want to ask you is, uh, you did this film in collaboration with Bernardino Saponi, who was the great Italian screenwriter who worked for Federico Fellini. This was his first giallo that he wrote with you. Can you tell us what was the collaboration of the work you, the two of you brought to this film, Profondo Rosso, and what ideas did Saponi brought to the movie? Uh, è stata un, una collaborazione un po' complicata. Abbiamo uh, it was actually a very complicated uh, collaboration, you know. Uh, he would come to me with some ideas, and some of them I really didn't like, and we were fighting a lot. Um, so in the end, I took the script, I shut myself up in a villa outside of the city for about three weeks, and I just wrote it all very quickly. And then I brought the script to my father, and who was the producer of the film together with me. He read it, and he said he didn't like it. <laughs> I said, why don't you like it? It's beautiful. He says, I don't like it. Well, you know, I went ahead and I made it anyway. And when he saw it, he said, you were right. It is beautiful. I think we have time for one more short question. Um, I see different part of the, I see this person in the red shirt, sort of straight back. Yeah. Hello, Maestro. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell me uh, a moment in your films that people still come up to you and tell them that it scares them, and what is a moment from your life that you feel in your films scares you the most? Questa è la domanda più orribile che mi possono fare. That's the worst question you can ask me. <laughs> Sì, sì, perché quasi moltissima gente mi chiede che cosa ti fa paura dare Argento? <laughs> A lot of people ask me, what are you scared of, Dario Argento? <laughs> Many things. <laughs> Quindi non, non so che cosa, non so rispondere. No, me l'hanno fatta mille volte questa domanda. Io ogni volta non ho saputo rispondere, mi dispiace. You know, they, they've asked me that question a thousand times, and I've never uh, been able to answer it. My, my apologies. <laughs> I think we can squeeze in one more. Uh, I see a hand uh, in the back there, in the sort of dark red shirt. Um, hello. I had a question about the Superior films. I was curious with those films, since it's a trilogy, was there ever a plan to make the three mothers from each of the films meet in any way in one film in the future? I'm sorry, no. Well, and, and with that, I think we are out of time, so thank you so much. Okay.